This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Presser at Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the After Dark Podcast Network. Whether you've been to Disney once or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved. Let Wendy be the one on at midnight when your window opens to get that Be Our Guest reservation or that covers with Anna and Elsa fast pass for your own princess. Mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts and get $25 off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com. Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Diz After Dark. I am Nick, and on this week's show, I am joined by the Scouse Wonderboy known as Mr. Craig Lucas. Hello! And Watford's very favourite son, Mr. Phil Washington. Hello! Why are you Watford's favourite son? God knows. Okay. There's no one else. Well, other than Elton John. Oh no, John! I tell you, no what. one else quite as famous as this after dark presenters. That's true. That's true. Hi, hi, WDW Kingdom cast bastards. Um, you're quite lucky actually tonight that I'm recording this because um, before we started recording, um, I found that little Nicky was on TV. Little Huey. Little Nicky, and little Nicky is one of those films that if it's on TV, I will normally stay and watch the rest of it, even though it's not a particularly good film. I've never heard of it. You've never heard of Little Nicky? P-dubs, come on. Who? Sandler. I don't know what you're going on about. Adam Sandler? No. Never heard of it. You never heard of Adam Sandler? Oh, is Little Nicky the devil one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember it, yeah. Bye-bye, chickens, the shiznes. It is, actually, as well. Next, Next person to go to Florida should go and have some Popeye's chicken. I'm guessing it's you, Craig. Most definitely. Yeah. Sixty some of them days. Oh, lovely stuff. We paid the uh, the last of the uh, wedge off last week to Kenwood Travel. Aye, aye, Ali. Send an email to Ali at Kenwood Travel. 
Aye, aye. I'm here drinking um, whiskey, by the way. We haven't got to that point yet, but yes, you are. Right, okay. No, it's fine. Um, I'm ill. That's why. I are you drinking a lady's drink? <coughs> I am drinking a, a proper lady's drink, yes. I'm drinking a soft drink. Uh, so, Craig, what whiskey are you drinking? Old Putney. I'm still waiting to hear back from them. I emailed them two weeks ago about sponsoring this fine fettle of a show. And I'm still waiting to hear from the bitches. Mm, seems to be a, a common uh, a common issue of ourselves at the moment. <sighs> oh, uh, that's good. Now, I, I can already kind of guess what, what's going to happen when I ask this question to Paul Dubs himself. Yeah. Um, you're training, so it's going to be a softie. Yeah. It is, it's back on the orange juice again. Oh, dearie me. This should be called Ladies' Knickers After Dark. It's a, it's a classic It's a classic drink. There's nothing really you can say other than, than that. Um, you know. I might partake in a few drinks next week, as I will be at the Salon Paris. Oh, oh are you going to have a teeny? I might do. What day do you go? I keep forgetting. I'll do it Monday. tomorrow. Oh, God. Okay, I'll definitely do it tomorrow. Yeah, first, first class, we'll get there. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Defogs. I have Disney confession time. I've never had a Glotini. I have. Neither have I. This is what we need to do when we all go to Disneyland Paris. Do all the girly things. For Disaster Dark. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a good plan. Go and meet the the princesses. Go and buy sanitary towels. Why don't we do that next year? Buy sanitary towels. Well, we can do that tomorrow. No, I was thinking, like, you know, surely... I mean, Paul's got his annual pass, so he's sorted out. Why don't we just go and buy day passes, jump on the Eurostar, just make a big day of it? Paul's got his anal pass. But I'm... That, that's for you, Craig. Oh, hello, Shayla. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on as we... Do with every episode of this uh, this podcast. I'm sorry, I'm ill. So, uh, or press I, on, as Claire Rainey used I'm, to say. <laughs> no one remembers Claire Rainer. Everyone remembers Claire. No Rainey. one remembers Claire Rainer. She was a pin-up in the eighties. She was definitely not. It, don't Google Claire Rainer. She was not a pin-up in oh, any time. Oh, oh, my lovies. Oh, press on. Was she actually a lesbian? I don't know. She was the first person when I understood what that was, that I thought, I think she's a lesbian. But I never found out she was. Do you remember Barbara Woodhouse? No. Sit! I am. (laughs) (laughs) Only the the 40-somethings in the room will get that. Sit! No one, then. Sit! If Amanda was here, she'd get it. I I bet she wouldn't. Oh, I wonder where little Amanda is today. She's going on holiday again. I tell you what, the life of friggin' Riley, that girl. Yeah. This is what happens when you get kids. She has more bleeding holidays than the this Pope. This is why. This and he's is... always parasailing. Well, this, yeah, but this is exactly why. You know, I'm, so I mentioned there about maybe we should go to Disneyland Paris for the day and we have to plan it like a year in advance <laughs> because we can't just decide to go on holiday. Just drop everything on holiday. I think if we can pick a date next year, um, in the middle of the week, is that the best day to go? Yeah. Like a, a Wednesday? Yeah. Oh, no. Tuesday? Wednesday, yeah. Wednesdays are generally quite bad. because Well, mm-hmm. it's really too bad, but Wednesday, um, 
Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Wednesday like Saturday in France? Yeah, I think they... They have like a half day or something. Yeah. So they go to school Monday, Tuesday, maybe summer Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, half a Saturday. I'm pretty Ooh. sure that's a school routine, yeah. It's like our butchers. He shuts every Wednesday dinner time. Because he's French. Boulangerie. Now, speaking oh. of uh, speaking of French, uh, that's a tedious link because that doesn't actually make any sense. We got a uh, a message today in our uh, podcast network army group Did from we? Uh, Steve Milson Payne. Oh, I love now, him. Now, I'm not too sure where we go with this because we talked about the fact that you've you contacted Old Putney uh, Whiskey to be a sponsor, and we've you know contacted other breweries, but. There is an advertising campaign at the moment for a cider called Blind Pig. And the poster, which is up all around the country, uh, says cider is strictly for after dark. Oh. I used to, one of my old girlfriends used to love putting things in cider. So, um, I'll, just, I'll just kind of drift over that one. So, I, I think we need to find out who does the, the blind pig it looks like it's well the, the post is Asda but I'm not sure if it's an Asda brand or not but uh, I mean it, that's fine because we like Walmart so I'm happy to go to Asda but otherwise I think you know we've asked blind pig to sponsor us and we start drinking their cider or uh, we sue them for copyright infringement yeah I think we'll do we'll, Paul's our legal guru we'll get him on the case what Paul B no, Paul, Paul in here now. Oh, well, I was going to say, because if it's Paul B, I don't want him, like, you know, assassinating anyone. He could just pop a cap in their ass. That's what I mean. From the toilet. <laughs> He's still in there, I think. He skydived back into it. <laughs> He's doing my head in. But he's not snorkelling, he's falling out the sky. Well, he had a fun time, didn't he? He's been on holiday and he was sharing with us some uh, footage from his trip to uh, Dubai. And uh, the theme parks that you visited there, didn't they? And they did look quite weird. Oh, it's bizarre. The man's a legend. Yeah, because they're all indoors. When does he sleep? Uh, When the parks close, I imagine. He's a crazy son of a gun. He is, he is. But what's interesting is the fact that um, there's, uh, you know, he went on uh, a a Shrek attraction. Um, There was a few DreamWorks ones, wasn't there? Wasn't that How to Train a Dragon? Attraction. Uh, there was a Ghostbusters Men in Black style ripoff there as well, um, and he saw a poster for uh, a Marvel park that's coming. Is it next year? He said, "Open next year." Okay. And uh, we was talking about it in the in our little group because um, he was he was confused as to how they're doing it without Disney's permission. But um, I believe it's because it was a deal signed before the uh, the Marvel buyout. In two thousand six, was it two thousand five? Yeah. Most, most of those parks out there have been planned for the last ten, fifteen years. Yeah. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing, and I still haven't found a picture for it, but I have seen it, is the Universal Studios gate. Yep. That's out there. Which yep, is the just, arch is there. Yeah. So in the middle bizarre. of the desert. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, and that park would have been awesome. I think the rides they had the. Uh, the drawings for looks amazing. It, you know, I don't think there was anything from the American parts going over there at all. It was all going to be brand new. Um, although, saying that, I think 
the Battlestar Galactica ride was going to be King Kong themed yeah. to buy. I think that was the same attraction, but otherwise, nearly everything else was going to be new IPs, so or new versions of. So, um, yeah, the buy that's a weird place. Anyway, uh, Craig, you said that it was something you wanted to uh, to keep the show off with. It's only a dead small bit of news. I've got two. Uh, I'm just trying to find the other one. I shared it yesterday. Um, but there's a new app in the App Store. Mm. Um, it's WDW Today. It's free to download. And it appears to be just basically the channel that's in the, the, the hotel rooms. I think. And it's just park hours. So... So is that what it's called? Is that the name of the channel inside the, the hotel? I think so. I'm not Wait, sure. What their Twitter account's called, isn't it? Yeah, their Twitter account's called WDW Today. I thought that was a hit podcast. It used to be. But, so it's basically, it's scrolling through now, and it gives you all the times for the day. So Epcot Illuminations, 9pm. Disney Hollywood Studios, park hours, and then it'll show you the times of Fantasmic and, and whatnot, Star Wars. It, it's and that's all it does. You can't interact with it in any way. It just plays cool Disney music. It just plays really crappy versions of Disney songs. Yeah, I could just leave this on for the rest of the show. No, you're right. Sure. But it's free, it's in the app store on um Apple, anyway. I can't vouch for Android because the shit. It is on Android as well. Okay. I don't have it, but I tried to download it yesterday. Um, I haven't updated to my iOS, so um, I've not I've not been able to download it as yet. Why? I just because ha- I haven't. I don't like back. I don't like um, changing updating my software until I've backed up my phone. Oh, I see. Yes. So I just haven't backed up my phone recently so um yeah once i do i'll i was going to download it i might not bother now if that's all it's going to be i'll be honest that sounds quite disappointing do you want me to save me other bit of news or do you want me to just get it out the way it's up to you buddy okay bottomless mimosas now available at the wave in walt disney world in the contemporary speaking of drinks i've never had in a disney park for just $16, you can partake in all-you-care-to-drink mimosas. This is a perfect way to kick off a relaxing day at the pool or shopping at Disney Springs, crawling round on your hands and knees, bladdered, throw, throwing up at everyone. Um, so there you go, yeah. So, uh, just fill your boots on mimosas, which is Prosecco and orange juice, isn't it? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. You'd have to yeah. drink a lot of that to get pissed, I think. But it's a nice little way to kick off a, a day. I mean, we're going to we're in the contemporary this year for Chef Mickey's and then the Pirates and Pals firework mm. party. So we might go and have a few um, a few sherbets in the wave. And my, my sister in law's a pisshead, so <laughs> I've heard I've heard the wave's pretty good actually. Yeah, well I've we'll see you in there. Feel, but... Yeah, we'll be in there, okay. dressed up as pirates, like fucking balloon heads. Oh. Well, when I went to see Pirates of the Caribbean last week, 
I did I did have someone ask me why I was going to see it and I said because we are we are yeah so have you got any news Paul <laughs> I've got a couple of bits um, firstly we're going to be a little bit political I think um, resi- the resignation of Bob Iger from uh, Mr. Trump's integral party very true very true yeah that that was quite a big story the other day because of uh, the Paris agreement mm. no longer existing well, it's funny them. it's funny how he, he's chose the Paris agreement to, to finally resign from it you know everything else the fucking cretin has done in his hundred days in office um, it's taken everyone this long to start jumping ship Craig now Look, I know, I know, we we were getting very political before uh, the recording of the show tonight because we've got an election in the UK. But be careful with what you say about Mr. Trump because we do know that Adam Sultanas is a is a big Trump supporter, big fan of his work. So you know, there could be there could be more of them out there that we just don't know about. But he's a dick. He's an absolute dick. Not even just because of that, but he's a dick. Um, but I think it was quite a, a big statement by Mr. Iger, um, and also the uh, the Tesla guy yes. did the same, didn't he? he? Followed suit. Yep. How many others have stayed in, though? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, I, I'm not sure how big that that cabinet is. So, you know, I you know, I can't. I don't know if that's a, a big political statement or quite a small one, really. But. Um, what does it say about Hall of Presidents? Well, didn't they already talk about the fact that he probably wasn't going to... Was um, he going to talk? Yeah. He's just going to be in the back, apparently. Yeah. Which is... For him, to be honest. Well, that is... Uh, that speaks absolute volumes, doesn't it? One of the highlights is seeing the current president, for me... I'd love going in that, that attraction. You can get in the air conditioning, you can cool down, you can have 20 minutes, a bit of shut eye, but then you get to hear the, the speech from the, the current president. And if they just just sack him right off, speaks volumes, that means. It's something like George Bush Sr. was the last president that didn't talk. Ah, right. All right. three since then have spoken. Yeah. I've given their inaugural speech, haven't I? Oh, so Clinton, okay. Clinton, George Bush Senior, uh, Junior, George W, and Obama have all given their inaugural speeches. To be fair, though, wasn't his inaugural speech? I, I get confused. I can't remember if his inaugural speech was ripped off from Legally Blonde or <laughs> Bang from the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> It's a bit of both, wasn't it? Well, he's definitely he's definitely done he's definitely done two speeches where they've both been rip offs of those. Yeah. But I think I think the inauguration was Bane. Wasn't it Rises. wasn't it just like twenty tweets all just stuck together? <laughs> yeah, he slagged off Saturday Night Live. Uh he said he was gonna build a wall. That was about Hashtag it. build a wall. It's gonna be huge. huge. It's be huge. Huge. Oh, he's a he's a He's a diamond, isn't he? Of course. I mean, the other reason for me calling him a dick this week, um, in fact, he could be our first dickhead of the week, um, is because of the the terror attacks that we had 
well, not so much. You know, we we, we had Manchester, and he said a few things about that, but it was more the London attack um, that we had at the weekend, um, where he had accused the the mayor of. Uh, basically not doing a, a very good job and kind of um make you know just kind of saying that it's like you've got to accept which is words taken out of context which is not unusual um and of course has now led to the mayor of london turning around and saying that he doesn't really want donald trump to come over at the moment <laughs> he's supposed to be coming over in october um and um yeah so that's a bit of a political thing of course boris johnson wants him to come over who... So he can see his twin. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. They're talking about getting Arnie and Danny DeVito back to make twins too. Just make uh, it Bojo and Trump. This this episode should be renamed Bell Ends After Dark. <laughs> no, the wrong people are hosting it. We're knobheads. There are there are some people that I think could host an episode of Knobheads After Dark, but we we are not them. And in fact, no one affiliated with the Afdark Network would be considered into that canon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, was it? Was that it from you, Craig? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, there's a there's a couple of bits I wanted to talk about. The first bit um, I wanted to mention was um, there was a Apple uh, kickoff last night, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. A develop, developer conference. Um, and the only bit that really kind of piqued my interest from a Disney point of view uh, is for those people that have got uh, watches. Yeah. Is uh, that they've got... Sorry if you heard a bit of noise there. Um, is uh, Toy Story Faces. Yeah, they look beautiful. Yeah. Fairly animated. Yeah. You know, so... Um... Buzz comes running on and, and whips Woody out the screen and all that type of stuff. All them shenanigans are going on. They, they look great. I love them. It's ten or six. Good night, pal. Oh, is that your Mickey Mouse? That's Mickey Mouse, yeah. It's ten or six. <laughs> That's very good. It's ten or six. Is that what he does? Yeah, he says, like, well, the first time you tap him, he says a little something, so he's just said good night. Oh. See, I remember back in the day, and it must have been—I think it was the the year we went to when you had his first opened—and um, my brother was bought a watch, and it was a big 3D watch of Mickey's head. And uh, what happened was with it, it, it took about five batteries, five watch batteries, <laughs> and you pressed his hands, and you go, "Uh huh, the time is now ten oh six, uh huh," and his his mouth would lip, kind of go up and down as well. But the battery life was so poor, you'd have to replace the batteries every six months. And it was very expensive to do that, to be honest. So it didn't last very long in the household. But it was very cute. But I think the new animated watches are a bit better than that. Yeah, the, the Disney must have done some sort of... I mean, they, they both own shares in each other, don't they? Apple and Disney, one way or another. Don't, is it Apple owned Disney shares? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jobs got shares when he sold Pixar. Yeah, so. And uh, there was a, a story a couple of months ago, or last month, wasn't there, that rumours of Apple looking at maybe buying Disney. Yeah, I don't like to think that rumour came about just because of them sticking out some new Toy Story. <laughs> no, I know, no, but they have, so they have got a relationship anyway. So mm. you're not going to see uh, any 
universe like E.T. coming up on a fucking watch face soon because it's shit oh man would be devastated to hear that she won't <laughs> E.T. wouldn't be able to phone home using his watch <laughs> he wouldn't be able to get a signal if it was an Android watch he'd have to be on the free network to get roaming from home yeah um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is a slightly bigger story um, I don't know if anyone else had seen this um, but Disneyland Paris for the first time are in forever no, it's not a frozen thing. thing right? Not everything's frozen. Um, have announced a ticketed New Year's Eve event. Oh. Now, New I've never been New Year's Eve to Disneyland Paris. Um, but I've, I've got friends that have. And the reason I haven't gone and done New Year's Eve at Disney Paris is because of said friends. Because it's normally a bloody nightmare. Uh, it gets really, really rammed. And so you can look at this in a kind of cynical way or not, but um, by making it a ticketed event, that will restrict things slightly for that. Um, Now, uh, tickets go on sale next week, the 15th of June, at a price of 49 euros. Literally everything they do is cheap, isn't it? Uh, Well, yeah, but the thing is, it's... I mean, you went all you went all Jim Hill then. I did, I did. I love Jim. Well, <laughs> well. Mickey Jim. Um, so I mean, forty nine euros. I mean, how much was Mickey's Not So Scary this year? Seventy dollars. Seventy dollars, yeah. So I mean, it's not that far removed from that, really. But if you're staying on property, it's twenty nine euros. That is a bargain, in my opinion. Um, I think it's the same price for children as well. Um, How much is it to stay on property, though, for New Year's yeah, Eve? Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? Because I had a quick look, because I was really interested. For me to go to... I think I looked at... Um, a tent. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I looked at Cheyenne and Santa Fe, because they're the cheapest, obviously, on property. And I've been looking to stay early next year, because I've got a deal on at the moment where you get um, two days and nights free if you book before the end of the year. Um, so I had a look, and it was, I think, £600 for me to go to Sequoia Lodge for four nights, five days, early next year, for two adults, right? Kids go free under seven. For New Year's Eve, or that, that over that period, at Cheyenne and Santa Fe... I'm going to say £2,000. No, 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 no. But it okay. was about 1,150 or something, 1,200. And that was at a lower grade hotel than the Sequoia Lodge. So I didn't even bother to look at the Sequoia Lodge. I mean, that's, that's Disney hotel prices, uh, the Disneyland hotel price, really, that kind of price for that time. So um, I was just like, no. So that, that's why they're doing it. This is clearly, you know, the, the price is there clearly because people would have spent a lot of money to go there anyway, probably expecting to not have to pay to get in for New Year's Eve. Well, what um, what was it last year? Was it nothing? Was it just your no, park this is, tickets? This is, the fir- this is the first year. This is the so, first year. So, so what did they do for New Year last year? Just shut at nine o'clock? No, no. Oh, no. I mean, for New Year, they, um, they stay up until so they... midnight, um, have, the, have a big fireworks celebration at midnight, um, and then I think the park officially closes at one. So what they've done basically is a, like a tax, a tax to you know make yeah I'm all for it, brilliant. 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's the same as Mickey's Not So Scary or, you know, anything like that. So the park will close at 7. Uh, Walt Disney Studios will open till midnight as well, actually. Ooh. Um, but Disneyland Park itself will close at 7. That's when the party will kick off all those guests. They're doing Disney Illuminations at 5 o'clock. So it means that people who aren't going to the be there for the midnight celebrations will still get to see a fireworks show which I think is a nice touch so that's free for everybody but stay there for the actual event that's what's happening now what's also interesting about this is that um, there's going to be a special parade um, where they're going to have floats from previous parades so it's going to be a bit like a greatest hits of parade floats from over the years They've got to use all those characters that they had at the 25th anniversary. And Don't not, make the money with it. You're not, you're not wrong there because they've also said that there'll be characters, either uh, rare characters or characters in uh, a special outfit, special costumes for the night. Could you not, and I'm being serious here now, could you not pull this off without staying in a hotel? I, uh, well, you what? have to stay on Disney property. Uh, I, I've not even stayed because what's the first train out of Paris that, that on New Year's Day? Well, I don't know because New Year's Day is a funny one because even in the UK you can have, um, you know, you can have trains not running properly. Oh, we our first train can still run on New Year's Day, six o'clock in the morning. Right. Some years. Yeah, that's, I mean it's all dependent, isn't it? But I don't think a train well. You won't get a direct train to I think the afternoon. Um, you could probably get a train from Paris if they run at normal times. I think the first train from Paris leaves around six. Because you could literally get a train in, go to the event, sleep in the uh, train station after the event. It would be so bloody cold, and they probably wouldn't let you sleep in the train station. That's the other thing. Go to the airport, then fly out. <laughs> just go and sit in the Disneyland hotel reception yeah that's true that's true but um, I mean it, it sounds you know to me it sounds really good um, I, you know if there was a way around it I mean I haven't looked at partner hotels I haven't looked at the IBIS or anything like that in Valde Europe so there might be ways of doing it but then it's trying to get travel out there because that will be bumped up as well but um, yeah, I think it's good. And I th- I'm not, you know, yes, it's a, a kind of teaser for things to come. But I think if it's popular enough, then uh, you know, I can see this as being a, a thing they normally do. But the most important thing I think for me is, as I said, every year they get so bloody busy. This is a way of trying to reduce those numbers. So it's probably better for everyone. Do they do any other events there? Now I know they used to do a Halloween event, and it yeah. was a very limited run. Um, they. Do do Mickey's not so scary. Um, they still do that in Hall- at Halloween, but I think they only do it on Fridays and Saturdays. They used to do a Halloween event, uh, which was a bit like um, a Universal event. It's a bit which, scary, wasn't it? Yeah, in the studios on on Halloween itself. But I don't think they've done that the last few years. I think they've only done Mickey's not so scary Halloween. Um, which was good. I mean, to be honest, you know, it wasn't the same uh, as what you get in in Orlando. But it or, could be, couldn't it? Um, I think the thing is, Halloween's still not a big enough thing in Europe. 
But it, I mean, it was good, and it was worth the money that we paid. Um, but it just wasn't as big as as what you get at uh, at Disney World, for example. And when does Christmas start there? And do they do anything special for Christmas? Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, Christmas starts early November. Are these ticketed events? No. They yeah they don't do Mickey, they don't do like Mickey's not so wonderful Christmas or whatever. Um, I'm sure it's not what it's called. Um, they do they have like Father, you can go and meet Father Christmas. Um, they have snow blowing out on Main Street. Um, they put all Christmas decorations up massive tree. They light the tree every day. Um, but they don't do a evening hard ticketed event because if you if you think people from the UK fly to the North Pole don't need to meet Santa. For the weekend, mm. surely there's a, there's a market there for Disneyland Paris. Christmas actually lasts longer in Disneyland Paris as well because I think they now do it until I want to say mid January because yeah. Russia has an extended Christmas and so they've extend they extend Christmas now for Russian visitors. I think they, they should. If they're doing that, if they're prepared to do a ticketed event for New Year's Eve, they should look at maybe generating some more income by doing ticketed events for Christmas and Halloween. Well, you say that, Craig, uh, okay. and I forgot I had another story, actually. Oh. But that does lead me to another story. Um, and that is that um, for the first time... not and even forever. forever. Oh. Uh but um, they announced this week that attendance for Disney parks was down. I've seen that. Massively. Yeah. This this is the thing, right? Um, have you seen this sort of, this to and fro of this story um, where travel agents like Dis Unplugged, whatever their thing is, are saying that the parks, are, the hotel occupancy is down across the board, across Disney. But then when you see reporting from the parks, it's rammed. Yeah, but that's because it's overall. So, I mean, the thing is, I mean, my friends were out in California two weeks ago when it was um, the graduation weekend. Brad, Brad. Yeah, the, the, the queue to get into the park, you've never seen anything like it that weekend. It was. I've never seen a queue like it. It was ridiculous. You know, actually, no. I have seen a queue like it. The start of the London Marathon. That is what it looked like. So, it house was... park attendance down. Then, when are the? Because I get told constantly there isn't a quiet period in the parks anymore. It doesn't matter if there's a quiet period. I mean, the parks can still be busy. But the thing is, if, for example, you had twenty million visitors last year, and this year you've got. 18 and a half million visitors doesn't mean the park's empty but your attendance is down they've dropped below 70% um, whatever it is in the university in Orlando haven't they for the first time yep market share yep which is that's huge apparently that's huge it's only 69% but it's still dropped below yeah and I mean the thing is um you know, Disneyland Paris, there's a reason why it's dropped there, uh, for example, because of what's been happening in Paris in the last couple of years. So it's not just Disneyland Paris that's been affected, but, you know, even things like uh, the Louvre have, have seen a drop in attendance after the terrorism attacks that took place. 
Um, but I mean, I'm doing I'm doing a book about Disneyland Paris at the moment, and I've been looking at the attendance over the years, and from about uh, 2009 to 2014, the attendance at Disneyland Paris was around uh, 13 to 14 million. That was the average. Yeah. And in 2015, that dropped down to 8.4. So, you know, it, it, it does have a knock-on effect. And the, the thing is, like, Orlando doesn't have the terrorism issues that France has seen. And even though Disneyland Paris itself is really, really safe in terms of security, I mean, it's ridiculously safe. Disney parks in general are, but Disneyland Paris is, is re- you feel really safe when you arrive there. Um, but it's getting there that's the problem. Uh, for people and you know when they see things on the news it, it puts people off it'll be really interesting to see this year what happens because obviously this is the 30th anniversary uh, so 25th anniversary getting well ahead of myself and so those years normally see a, a bump in attendance uh, but with everything that's that's gone on it'll be interesting to see if that figure does does go up I hope it does um, but uh, I honestly can't yeah. see it no I really don't think it will increase any. If anything, I think it will go down again. In fact, sorry, I got that wrong. It was 9.8 million in 2015 and an 8.4 in 2016. What What is the capacity? What is the... the for the year, you always say 20 million. Is, where's the, the room to grow? I don't think in Europe there is, to be honest. I think anywhere between 10 and 15 million visitors a year in Europe is a success. When did Toy Story Land come online? I know it's only a small expansion, but it was 20, still an expansion. 2011. So that must have been a little bump. I don't, You know what? I don't think it had a bump that year. Crazy. I don't think it had a bump that year. So unfortunately, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spill all the secrets of my book. But um, that was that. I, I did do correlations between you know what they did in those years and what the attendance was like, um, and there was there doesn't seem to be much of a spike just because there's a new attraction, unless it's a big attraction. Like I think there might have been a bit of a bump when Ratatouille opened, if I remember rightly. Um, but then that was a birthday year. So how do they get themselves out of this quagmire that they're in? Uh, lift the park out of France and put it somewhere <laughs> safe no I don't know uh, I mean even today as we record this show today um, there was uh, an incident at Notre Dame yeah seeing that uh, and even though France is uh, you know it's, I was having this row with someone the other day um, after the London terror attack because you know th- this comment about how if you live in a major city you have to be prepared for things like this to happen and I said, although I can see why people think that's quite a dangerous statement, at, at the same time it's very true, because if people want to cause disruption, panic, pandemonium, they're not going to do it in a little town. They're going to do it in a major city. Whether that's Manchester, whether that's Birmingham, whether that's London, whether that's New York, whether that's San Francisco, whether that's LA, terrorists will always aim at a big hub of something. Um, and France, unfortunately, has been hit with a few things over the last few years. And even though there's more police now, and um, you know there's there's better security around 
uh, Paris in general, um, it does put people off from taking holidays. So all Disney can do is is carry on. But it's a risky game they're playing because you know we've already had this year the increase in the uh, the annual passes. Day tickets have gone up slightly as well. That's a way of bringing in more money. But there's also the other side of that, which is if you make the holiday more expensive, people you know, might potentially not come because then they're priced out. Because well, you're this talking is... about £5 going on. You know, you could be looking at your holiday going up a couple of hundred pounds over your duration of your trip. When we go to Orlando, just to get there, you're talking four and a half grand straight off the bat, just for four flights. But the money we've spent this year on this year's holiday would would literally reduce you to tears if you thought about it. Hmm. But we go all out and we push the boat out and we splash out and we, you know, but then when you're going to Paris, you take your pack lunch, you fi- fill your suitcase full of snacks so you don't have to buy anything when you're there. You seem to try and do Paris on a budget, whereas when you go into Orlando, the budget maybe goes out the window a little bit. I think the difference between Paris and Orlando, and P does feel free to tell me to shut up, is um, Paris tends to have, because it's it's Europe, our portions are much smaller. And also, the euro to pound uh, is not particularly great. Now, the dollar to pound at the moment is not particularly great either, but you do find when you go to America, the portion sizes are ridiculous. Uh, even McDonald's, if you ask for a large meal at McDonald's, you get the equivalent of a supersized meal in the UK. Um, everything is bigger. So well, the, the cupcake example, the cupcake. Yeah. In in Walt Disney World, you bought buy a cupcake. You can cut that in half and feed two people with it. Yeah. With Disneyland Paris, we bought the Yoda cupcakes. Now. They were literally off the top of me at about three euros each. Yeah, I think they are, yeah. And they are the size of a cupcake you would make if you'd went and bought a, a mix from Asda with and made some cakes with your kids. Yeah, it's the equivalent. It's the kind of cupcakes you buy from a Greg's. Other butchers are uh, other bakers are available. Um, it was tiny. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, is it tiny or is it the right size? Because that's the thing. The thing is... For three euros, no, it was tiny. No disrespect to Americans, but you're quite right, Greg. Those cakes and donuts and muffins over there would normally feed two people. Most people will have one of those each. But when we go to Orlando, we would have a large breakfast, a snack at lunchtime, and an evening meal. We wouldn't need three meals a day because the portions were always so big. We just didn't need to do it. Whilst Disneyland Paris, the portion sizes are more normal, so you're more inclined to have two or three like meals a day. I think the other Guaranteed. thing as well is there's not a huge choice in Paris. Yeah, definitely. You go in, you go in most restaurants, and they're selling exactly the same thing in every single one of them. It's getting better, and I think Disneyland Paris's biggest problem is the seasonal restaurants. Because this doesn't happen in, in Disney World unless it's closed for refurbishment. 
restaurants are open all year round. While Disneyland Paris, there's a number of restaurants that will only open during peak seasons. Now, again, doing research in this book, I've had to take every look at everything around. If you actually go and look at the menus of all the restaurants in the park, there's actually a lot of variety. But those restaurants that have more unique menus tend to be the seasonal ones. So when you do go, you see a lot of Angus burgers or chicken nuggets. Our, bo- our, our best meal was the Shea Remy restaurants, whatever that's called. And maybe possibly going next week. It was absolutely stunning. Mm. It was the most expensive meal of the holiday, but the food was beautiful and the place was empty. And also, we look, you know, the thing is, when we're talking about restaurants like that that serve those things, we're not talking about restaurants like, as you say, Shea Remy, you're not talking about California Grill, Inventions, um, Waltz, which are more fine dining experiences like your likes of um, you know what you'd get at the Grand Floridian or the California Grill in Florida or Ahana's or, or whatever so if you go and look at the kind of quick service places they are quite samey yeah, but definitely. There, is, there is actually quite a lot of variety in Disneyland Paris but they don't do themselves any favours by um, having these things close Um I get it, it saves money, but at the same time it leaves you with that impression there's actually not so much choice. So, double-edged sword. But, um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, this wasn't just a Disneyland Paris thing. We are also looking at this as uh, a a global thing because attendance in all parks is down. Whilst ticket prices have gone up. Yeah, and that, I think, is the telling point is that those prices have gone up so much now that people aren't, not so much, obviously, us UK folks, but people that live within driving distance of the parks aren't going as regularly. They oh. aren't going, oh, we'll go for a day to Animal Kingdom. Not when you're spending out $120 just to get in. All right, so how much is a two-week... So we get we get stupid prices in the UK... How much is a two-week pass for Disney World at the moment, Craig? For all parks, for all six gates? Yeah, approximately two sixty, I think, and then a child's is around two forty. So two hundred and sixty pounds, equivalent yeah. of what about two hundred and eighty dollars, two hundred and ninety dollars for two weeks, fourteen days access to each park. Yeah, or over one hundred and twenty dollars. For one day entry, they've tried to make Disney, and I've said this before, haven't they? They've tried to make Disney a more middle class place to a middle class destination because, at the end of the day, they figure that if they can get the middle and upper class market to go to Disney, they will spend more money. I think the following the the model of. Um the likes of Apple, what they set, you're buying a premium product. I think that's what they're trying to aim for. So it's priced accordingly. An iPhone isn't worth what it, you know, when when they, they build an iPhone and they strip it down, don't they? And I think it's iFixit, is it? Puts out mm-hmm. how much all the components cost. And it's a couple of hundred dollars, if that. But you still pay $700 for that phone. 
it's, it's the same with Disney. They're trying to it, expense gives you the impression that you're buying a quality product. And I get that, but there's a limit. There's a limit to what people are willing to spend. Oh, someone's um, anal oh, probes. Someone's anal probes vibrating there. That was that was my phone. Uh, breaking news: My sister-in-law gave me my brother's MacBook charger by mistake, and so he, I don't know why that's that's massive news because she's got a MacBook as well. Maybe she just doesn't like to share. <laughs> anyway, it's my brother's birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday, bro. Um, you're not getting your MacBook charger back to at least a weekend. Sorry. Boom. <laughs> you left uh, it, you left how old is he? Your wife's. Uh, he will be 29 years young this birthday. I bought him a uh, Ren and Stimpy t-shirt for his birthday, which I think he appreciated. Did appreciate it as much as I would have done if it was the other way around. But I happy, hope... happy, joy, joy. Exactly, exactly. Um, so that was that. That was what I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they divert back on that process in the next few years. But uh, maybe they'll just carry on and hope it works. Who knows? Maybe. Mr. Dubs. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. You had some stuff that you wanted to talk about. I am very rudely going to have to leave for just a second, so please carry on without me. I need to go and get some drugs. Unfortunately, <laughs> nothing very hard, but I'm getting bunged up, and I need to go and sort myself out. I'm so. oh, not feeling good. So carry on, and I'll, I'll jump back in at some point. Alright. Should we continue our conversation, Craig, that we had off uh, earlier about uh, what Mr. Hill was saying. Yeah, that that was. Go and have a listen to uh, his latest podcast episode because it's really interesting. Uh, I only caught fifteen minutes of it while I was in the kitchen, but basically, um, the Tower of Terror ride uh, mechanics could be coming to Epcot. Yeah, the. Uh... The Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout has been such a huge hit. Um, and it has, yeah, it has. And it has. Five five hours due. And it's not because it's breaking down. Because it's it's a already existing infrastructure that's been going for, for years. That's and it's not going to break down. So it's actually people in that queue that genuinely want to ride it. Yeah, and it looks... Um, the critics, you know, the naysayers, they chain themselves to the, you know, the amandas of this world with ET and whatever. Don't want it to end. They want it to stay the same. They want it to live on forever. If the Epcot thing couldn't happen, bring it into Hollywood Studios. I don't care because that ride is something special. You know, they, they've hit it. They've hit it out the park in one week twice with the flight to passage at Animal Kingdom which is seeing similar wait times and Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout they're both vying for uh, basically the best Disney attraction ever yeah Jim says it's the best Disney ride he's been on for years and, which is 
Jimothy said Guardians Mission Breakout is the best attraction she's been on in years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so yeah, it looks like it's the, the plan is that I know that they uh, some planning permission was granted not long ago for the land behind Ellen's Energy Adventure, um, which is the rumor as to where it's going to go in Florida. To uh, me, they've they've got to from. I think Chris brought this up on the last episode. That's quite a big footprint, and it's potentially they're looking at a roller coaster. I think they'd be doing the Guardians franchise a massive disservice if it was only going to be a roller coaster. It has to be Mission Breakout, and next to it needs to be a, a Guardians-themed uh, dining attraction. Do you need to really? You know, it's going to have. Obviously, a shop on the exit, and it's got to have somewhere to eat. Yeah, my my thing is, and it's a real pain that Universal probably do own this character, and that's Iron Man. Stark Expo has would fit perfectly mm-hmm. at Epcot, and I just can't see it happening. Sadly, I but, I can see it happening. I think Disney have got to bite the bullet, and if you're listening to this, somebody, you are hitting billion-dollar movies out the theme park every single year now. Two and three billion-dollar movies a year. Just just throw Universal a bone. Just give them 200 million and say, keep what you've got. Keep it in um, in Islands of Adventure, but uh, we're giving you 200 million to allow us to use some of our own characters. I, th- I think it can happen. You've got to hope there's a chance, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, sticking with Guardians, the rumour is that it's now being fast-tracked for Paris. Bring it on. It has to go. Just that whole park could just really do with some oomph. We all know that. That park is basically dog shit. Yeah. <laughs> and in that dog shit... The Star Wars fireworks was a gleaming piece of sweet corn in that dog shit. <laughs> that whole that whole park is broken. It, you know what? The biggest problem they did with studios was they chose Toy Story Land over Toy Story Mania. Yeah. Honestly, believe that. Yeah, I get to- why they did it. They they could get free rides for the price of one, but they put in free crap rides for the price of one great ride. And there's still rumours that they've got planning permission to build it, isn't there? If they if they want attendances to go up, they, they they're going to have to spend the way out of this. And this is what's going on. So we haven't talked about it because it's still going on at the moment. Um, but at the moment, they're still running the um, scheme to try and buy the shares. So I have actually sold my shares. Well, I'm selling my shares. I don't know when the offer closes for me. I think it may have already closed, but they haven't actually officially sold them out yet. Disney needs to buy 95% of the shares to be able to um, do a takeover, a formal takeover. Um, and at this time, there are 87%, with, I think, about 10 days to go. Oh, I need to get my shares sold then. Now, 
the the problem is is that there are people campaigning against this to not sell their shares. Why? Because because they think they they are undervalued. Now the share, the, the share, no, you know what the share thing is very complicated because when Disneyland Paris first launched their shares back in the eighties, um, they basically encouraged people to put their life savings into buying Disney stock because of how much it was going to be worth. And I think when they first opened, shares were worth somewhere around the fifteen pound mark, equivalent to fifteen pounds now, um, and. You know those shares have at their lowest gone down to just under a euro. Um, now I bought my shares about five pound, I think, and I'll be selling my shares at two euros. That's the offer that Disney have made to everyone is two euros a share. Um, they've been recon- they've been uh, consolidated at times as well, so people have lost some shares. Um, so a lot of people have have lots lot really lost out on them. Um, and people think the actual value at today's market rate is about three and a half euros, and that should have been the offer, but it wasn't. At the end of the day, Disney's offer was two euros, and so Disney are, you know, pleading with people to sell their shares, but there are people that are sticking to their guns at least at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think they may fall short, um, but. If it falls short, there's every chance they might try it and turn around and say, you know, we're going to have to restructure again and consolidate your shares. And so your shares that are worth two euros today might be only worth one euro. Um, It's the risk you take. But I decided just, I've kept one share. I've kept one share. Um, Because at the end of the day, if Disney gets to 95%, they have to buy all the remaining shares anyway. So I figured, why not? Um, but I sold 200 shares. Wow. Um, 220, 221 shares I sold. I left myself with one. So, um, yeah, that's, it's going to be interesting. But if, if they buy out the park, then I think we will see a lot of the things that have been rumoured. I mean, there was supposed to be a third gate by 2020. And I think that got moved to 2022. Aren't they using the land for something else? Um, right. They're not using it for anything at the moment. No, I think there's something temporary going in there, and I can't remember what it is. Is it something to do with their Olympic bid? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure I read something that they're going to use that land temporarily for for something. And I'm sure it was for their for the Paris Olympic bid. Interesting, interesting. But uh, you know, a lot of people I think believe that um, Disney owning Disneyland Paris would be the best thing that could happen because until they do I can't see how it's going to it's going to make money well, we've think, already seen a load of projects being put on the back burner yes and like we also saw the, the replacement of the studio tour which would have included Toy Story Mania I believe yes quite possibly I mean there was supposed to be talk of things being updated but I don't think anything's happened this year again no. it's another rumour um, I just I mean, I think at the moment the debt of Euro Disney is about 1.4 billion, and if Disney buy it out, they will erase that debt. Yeah, well, it's owed to Disney, isn't it? But Craig, well, yeah, exactly. But Craig, the thing is, that's a Star Wars film. 
Yeah, of course it is. Um, that's what you know, the thing is, like one point four billion is a lot of money. It's not when you put it into perspective of what where that money can come from. So that would make Disneyland Paris debt free. Um Stop taking pictures. You're in the nude or something. Um, Nudie pictures, yeah. <laughs> Come and look them up, Willie. That's <laughs> the worst island impression ever. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I just can't see Disneyland Paris improving until that happens. In terms of of what the expectation is, I love the park. There are things that annoy me about the park, but overall, I've got a lot of love for it. Um, but I do honestly feel that unless it's in the right hands, it's it's going to have those same problems going forward, and it's not going to see an improvement. The 25th anniversary kickoff that you was at P Dubs, that to yeah. me was their calling card. Yeah, that was. is what we will do in charge of this park. I watched it back again the other day while I was writing about it, and it, it you know. Still blew me away. Still never seen anything like it in terms of uh, birthday celebrations. Just just thought it was phenomenal. Um, and that's what I think, you know, that's why I think they did it. God, did I just depress everyone or something? <laughs> no, I think you're right. Yeah, there's no doubt that part's not going to change in any way, shape, or form mm. unless Disney get their hands on it. They've got to spend a billion dollars on that park just to make bring it up to standard. It's dreadful. It's not dreadful. Oh, it's dreadful. You talk about studios. Yeah, there's a couple it's of dreadful. Okay, there's a couple of exceptional rides in there. And the rest of it is just a, a hosh potch mismatch of 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 average. The whole left, whole left side of that park could just completely be bulldozed. Yeah, in my opinion. Oh, I disagree. Don't say Armageddon. Oh no, that can be demolished. <laughs> that can be the first to go. No, no, but tear, tear Arm- Yeah, well, that's brilliant. Rock and roller coaster is great. Stitch Live is great. Um, Cine Magic was great and now it's going to be the first Marvel attraction allegedly well we've, we've talked about what we turned some of them into and um, Armageddon is the Millennium Falcon waiting to happen as an experience just turn the whole little thing into the Millennium Falcon now see that expansion area could be Star Wars yeah for all we know it could be I think really their best shot, even more than Star Wars, since they've got, you know, the turning tomorrow at Discovery Land into Star Wars Land in a way. Asterix. Is, uh, yeah, that'll go down well. <laughs> is uh, is Marvel? Just have a Marvel park. Yeah. A Marvel and um, Pixar park. No, I think. Because I mean, the thing is, if you the studios has a lot of Pixar attractions already. The. Um... The Monsters Inc. coaster's coming out of California, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that, yeah. Just fly it over, stick it in. Mm, maybe. Crush's coaster, phenomenal. Yeah, it's still extremely popular as of right now. I've only rode it once, and it took me breath away. 
But even the Carl's ride's good. Yeah. It shouldn't be anywhere near as fun as it is. And it looks bloody boring. You get on it, it's a great little ride. It's like teacups and steroids. Brilliant. And, and that's what's quite sad. That that area just seems to... Again, it's just a mishmash. They just pushed everything together. Yeah, and it's all well-themed, but there's yeah. no logic to it. It's just plonked. Is it well-themed? Yeah, if you look at the cars, if you look at the cars area, it's really well themed. The whole cars bit—it's got like the little garage next to it. All the the detailing is great. And it's just like there's... cardboard cutouts. No, no, no. It's, it, go back and have a look. It's actually really well done. Everything's made. Crush's coaster, I think, is a little bit of a disappointment because it looks like a soundstage because it is. Uh, Aladdin is the worst themed attraction in that area. Yeah, the the ride itself isn't bad. It's just the way they themed it. That mm. it's not. It's nowhere near as good as the one in Orlando. No, no, because they've not. made it out to be like you're on the set of Aladdin, mm. rather than actually being in Agrabah, which, which makes... is ridiculous when the Agrabah's thirty yards away. <laughs> the other part. Yeah, but it's a studio, so I I kind of understand it, but I still don't think it's done particularly well. It looks like it's been done on the cheap. The rest of the attractions, you've got to remember, Aladdin was an opening day attraction. Yeah. Whilst Cars, Crush, and everything else that came on that side is everything that's been built afterwards. But Aladdin was there from day one when it was done on the cheap, and they've just never done anything with it. They just left it there. Everything else you can see. Imagine the park as it was like that without that bit there. Well, I can. I, I I went there two months after it first opened. I remember the hell of it. Um, I think, <coughs> I think when we first went there, we spent about three hours in the park, and that's because we queued up for forty-five minutes to get on the tram. Uh, we watched Cinemagique, Animagique don't think we even went on Aladdin and we went in the art studio Armageddon uh, didn't do Rock and Roller Coaster that time for some reason might have been down uh, we saw the stunt show so I think we may have been in there for half a day actually maybe more than three hours maybe been four or five hours but only because we had to queue up for things or wait for things to, to be there it, I mean it was never a, a, a full day park when it first opened and it's arguably a full day park now. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's never going to be. I mean, Hollywood Studios is barely a one day park. Really? For now. If you go there, if you went there in the morning, you could do that whole park in a day. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, it's no Magic Kingdom. The only two rides that you get at Hollywood Studios that you're going to be in a queue for is Terror of Terror Rock and Roller Coaster. Twisted Mania. Even that now is not that bad with the extra track. Oh, because the other... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it's like, it's always now. really busy, but yeah, they've got another track, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, was there any other news that anyone wanted to bring to the table? No, I think I'm uh, I'm all right liking that though, isn't it? Okay. Well, in that case, there was one thing I just wanted to bring up at the end. You're not going to throw up, are you? No, no. 
No, I've got some weird sore throaty cold thing. I don't feel sick. Um, Do you need some of my magic sauce? <laughs> oh, if only you was here to give me that magic sauce, Craig. Um, I just wanted to give people an update from, from last week. So, after we recorded the show last week, I recorded my, uh, my own little soapbox type segment after the show, which I inserted back into the show in a clever bit of editing. I like to think of that as clever ed- editing anyway. Um, about a um, a Facebook group called Disney World Junkies and a scam that was going on, um, which I, th- I think you listened to, Craig, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, obviously that went out. I shared it with uh, that group that got some good feedback on it, so that was, that was good. Um, shared it with um, some other Facebook groups. Most of them were quite receptive. The um, Arsoles uh, WD W Kingdom cast cried like little bitches. Um, so go fuck yourselves. Um, but everyone else is quite receptive, um, and we had a few people wanting to join the the group um, to try and offer their support. Um, and so the update this week is that, uh, and I'd like to say it's down to my podcast bit, um, and because there's no one on here from the Facebook group, they can't argue with me, but. Um, a journalist has come forward as being interested in running a story about it, based on the Orlando Ooh. area. Um, and the last two days, um, various people have been providing evidence, screenshots, conversations, uh, speaking to reporters about their experiences, whatever. Um, basically just collating evidence. Um, so it does look like um, there are some interested parties that want to actually do a bit of investigating about it. So hopefully um, it looks like something could actually happen which would be great news uh, and to, to commemorate all this we're going to be selling t-shirts for uh, $52 each mm. with $74 postage and packaging uh, plus Florida tax Yeah, because uh, why the hell not <laughs> yeah we may as well yeah, stick we, that in as well we like Florida we charge Florida tax that's how it works um in fact, talking about that, I am I am actually working on t-shirts at the moment. Um, we've got someone that's waiting for one. I do apologise, but if there's any consolation, I haven't got one yet either. So we will be the first two to get them when they're finished. Um, and they're lucky that they've got pin badges. They are lucky they've got pin badges because some people on the show only got pin badges. Um, and also, thank you to uh, Lewis Sutton, who's also uh, contributed to the show um, for our Patreon. So thank you very much. It's much appreciated. Um, he's already got a badge, but he'll be getting a few more in the post, so thank you very much. Um, and when we are able to get everybody together, uh, which seems to be quite hard at the moment, we will record our first uh, Patreon-only uh, episode. We've got four of those specials coming out this year. have got the first topic already, so it looks like it's going to be a good one. Um, we'll keep you posted as to uh, when that is going to be uh, available. Go and like us on iTunes. Go and leave us a review, right? And if you take a screenshot of your review, email it to us, disafterdark at gmail.com. Your name will appear in the next episode's title. And your name will also appear on Craig's right arse cheek 
which is where yeah. he's going to put the name of any listener that gives us a good review on iTunes. Yeah, now normally we uh, we honour the negative reviews because they get uh, a show title named after them, like <laughs> like the Millwall Bushwhacker, <laughs> yeah, and a couple of others. However, to get people to leave us some reviews, if you leave us a nice five star review, you will appear in the show notes. And the, um, well, no, the show title, you'll be honoured, you'll be searchable within iTunes, your name. You type your name up, that show will come up. <laughs> but you've got to send me an email. With your actual name. With your, well, with your screenshot of your review. Yeah. Yeah, but you want their name so they can search for it on iTunes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I mean, Craig's asked for five-star reviews. We are more than happy to get uh, one-star reviews like the Millwall Bushwhacker did. But... If you are going to do that, we've got no. Pro- I've got. Well, I personally got no problem with doing that. But if there's something you don't like about the show, let us know. I'd rather have dialogue and understand what's wrong so we can change it than to you to be a spineless little dick and not. So you don't have to leave us a five star review. You won't necessarily get the show title named after you. But if there's anything you don't like about the show, let us know because we'll never be able to uh, improve things. Um, if you don't tell us, so um, as long as it's criticism. not any of the hosts that you don't like, it's fine. To be honest, I'm, I'm a bit like Q on um, Terms Steve Dave. If people actually say they don't like me, I'll quit. It's not a problem. <laughs> Only for like an episode, but um, I'll just bugger off. It's not, you know, I know where I'm not wanted. Just go and film an episode of the. Impractical Jokers, you'll be fine neck and then come back for the next one. <laughs> as long as it's the US Impractical Jokers, not the shitty UK yeah. version. Holy shit, that was <laughs> terrible. Going well. Going well. Going Go well. as well. And download Strike. Go and search it because this month's episode is a review of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2. But we all recorded our reviews separately. And it's absolutely bloody brilliant. Because you've got three totally different reviews you could not imagine. We've all watched the same film, but we've all got totally different opinions on it. It's actually a bloody good listen. Mm. And we're enjoying the listener questions as well. Yeah. You can a few. My my knowledge of Marvel is severely lacking. We've actually had another question uh, today on Twitter, so that'll be for the next episode. Oh, like, why the fuck is Craig on the show? <laughs> that'll be the question. But don't <laughs> ask us about uh, Plastic Man and Mr. Ripley. Why? Yeah. What's wrong with Plastic Man? Because <laughs> we have no idea about him. Who the fuck's Plastic Man? What do you mean, who's Plastic Man? Do people not know who Plastic Man is? I vaguely remember him in the 80s. He was a bit like Stretch Armstrong. He was a bit like a shit Mr. Gadget, Inspector Gadget. No, he was a, I'll tell you what, he was a cross between Stretch Armstrong and Mr. Fantastic. Did he have a corny American accent? Well, he had an American accent. Did he talk like this? I don't think any Americans ever talk like that. Adam Sultana talks like this. <laughs> yeah, so I thought he was on the podcast for a second. He talks about tickling my balls. No, sorry, tickling my sack on the last episode of Grim Grinning Gaze. Um, 
I asked him what he meant by that, and I he kind of told me, but I still don't. You know, he was speaking American. It was very hard to actually Americanese. Americanese. That's actually what I said as well. <laughs> She's an Americanese. I love that video. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I thought it was an American football reference, but actually, I think he was trying to just uh, take your ball sack. Ball sack. <laughs> so. Um, which is always appreciated. Doesn't happen enough. So other ball sacks are available. Yep, there's free right now on this show. Yes, P Dubs. Is there anything you wanted to end the show with? No, just that uh, this time next week I'll be in Paris. So if anybody else is around, Lucky come Paris. and find me. You yeah. might have. Uh, you might get a badge. And uh, the difference between me and P Dubs going out there is I have. Uh, a load of people who hate me for no reason except for being friends with somebody um, who wouldn't come up and approach me but those people will actually like Paul so they probably will get a badge which is nice um, so there's that to look forward to um, you said you might go Chez Remy yep. what other plans have you got other than of course riding the two new Star Wars attractions yeah um we're gonna do. We're gonna try Plaza Gardens for breakfast and the character breakfast. Oh yeah, cool. Um, we're gonna try and do that on the first first full day we're there. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, we've got no real major plans. Sam wants to meet Ariel. Go pick her. That might so, be a bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, the Princess Pavilion. God knows yeah, what time I'm together. Ariel's not there very often. No, I know. I've seen her a couple of times recently, so I'm mm. going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, he's now tall enough to get on some of the rides as well, some of the bigger rides. Excellent. So he's going to get his first Star Tours. He's big enough to go on now, so he'll get his first first blast on the Speeder 1000. <laughs> uh, big Thunder Mountain is on Excellent. the list for him. So, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a trip of first, I think, for for the little one. No, that's awesome. That's always the best ones. Um, for my daughter's birthday the other week, she got a Princess Leia costume. She still doesn't know who Princess Leia is, um, but the original Princess Leia costume, complete with wig, with um, you know Cinnabon st- stuck to the side of it. Um, but she also got from one of our friends, uh, my mate uh, Whitey, who was on the podcast about Guardians a few weeks ago. Um, he booked her. <laughs> A Death Trooper costume from Rogue One, <laughs> which uh, she loves. So oh, uh, I, th- I think next time that we go out there, hopefully they'll still fit her and she'll be uh, she'll be having a bit of a Star Wars time when she's she's out there. She doesn't like the films very much, but she always gets excited when she sees a Star Wars advert. So that's that's enough of a proud dad moment for me for now. Anyway, I can I can deal with that. So. Is uh, Sam going to be going in any costumes next week? or? Uh, he's got a couple of Marvel ones. I'm not sure whether they fit him anymore. They should do. <laughs> he, wore, he wore his Captain America one a couple of weeks ago when we met, when we went to a convention here in Nottingham. Very he good. wore it. So He's got an Ant-Man one as well. Now, uh, interesting question, right? You mentioned about him wanting to go and see Ariel. And this yeah. is because of something that I saw on a group the other day. If Sam went to Asda or somewhere like that where they had like a range of, of costumes and he decided he wanted an aerial costume yeah. would you let him have that? Would you let him wear that? Yes because 
he tends to wear uh, princess costumes at nursery. Yeah. He wears Elsa costume at nursery, so... Yeah. So yeah, I don't see why not. No, I'd have no problem if if my son wanted to do that. In the same way, I've got no problem with my daughter wearing a Death Trooper costume, to be honest. Um, but I, but it, it seemed to kind of like um, provide you know, a few issues. Um, one of the comments actually that uh, was said about when I, I talked about this offline with actual people was um, our friends, sort of my um, my nephew was playing with a Barbie doll or something. He's only like one and a bit. He played with a Barbie doll. Um, not properly, that's walking around with it. And he was like, oh yeah, I was getting a bit concerned about it. And I was like, it's a one-year-old kid. Like, even if he was five or six and he was walking around with a Barbie doll, I don't think it would bother me that much. No. Like, Sam, Sam's got this whole thing that he watches toy videos on YouTube. Oh yeah. And he loves the Anna and Elsa ones. Is this with it's, the toys, or is this like the animated stuff? Where they no, the toys. Oh, okay. Like kids playing with their toys. Hmm. And making voices. He loves watching them, so... Uh, we went through a phase of Baby Big Mouth with the Kinder Egg reveals. Oh, yeah, this is this is the thing we watched. We watched programs called Tic Tac Toys. Mm. Craig, and, I'd see what, just be glad you don't have any kids, like young kids like me and dubs have got now because the stuff you find on YouTube that they find and somehow watch is shocking <laughs> absolutely shocking so uh, yeah just be glad you don't know what Baby Big Mouth is and don't try I and don't, find it cause I it, don't know what that is yeah it'll just rot your brain mate absolutely rot your brain anyway that's enough of that so thank you very much for joining us um, we'll be back I, I imagine next week with the unofficial weekly Disney podcast that is Diz After Dark. Um, is there going to be a UUOP in between? I know we've just recorded one, haven't we? So that's going to go out this week, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's there. I'll have to do a pop soon as well. It's almost, it's almost time for a pop. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for joining us, and we will see you all in about a week's time. I'm Mary Poppins, Joe. I'm not. <laughs> and neither am I. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash Diz After Dark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash this after dark thank you This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast. Network.